these are uh I was I was avoiding unboxing these because they were expensive and I was like fuck that I'm gonna send them back. I found these cheaper ones, but <laughs> apparently you get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> How much were those? Uh I think like 78 or something like that. It's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. I just I found a I found a pair that was working pretty well for 40, so but fuck those pair, and I'm going to send those ones back, and I'll take that $40 to buy another bottle of Buffalo Trace. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters Podcast. Today, we are joined virtually by Aaron Janetti, a local author to the Columbus area, and Brett Bryan, a local nurse also from the Columbus area. We take a look at... Four Roses Small Batch Select, and Four Roses Single Barrels. So kick back, put up your feet, have a pour, and enjoy. Oh man, how's work today, bud? Uh, so I didn't have to work today, nice. um, but it's, it's just crazy, man. It, just seeing everyone with like, you know, masks and freaking out and it's just, it's weird. It's like a movie, man. You walk in and they're taking everyone's temperatures and stuff at the doors and it's just, it's odd. Interesting, man. No visitors are allowed now. Like none, unless you're uh, maternity or like end of life, you're not coming in as a visitor. Ooh, wow. <clears throat> it's a... Uh... <laughs> it's interesting times it, it is man it's it's weird they're not doing any surgeries at all either so like the ors are dead unless it's like an essential surgery yeah because they're trying to save rooms for icus for patients damn yeah crazy so what um is your is your department busier slow have they moved you are you working like a job you wouldn't normally work so starting next week, I actually will be working not a normal job for me. We're slow. Yeah. Um, MRI, you don't do a lot of imaging of the chest at all. Um, it just It's not good for imaging the chest. But CAT scan, they're ordering CAT scans on every one of their chests for this stuff. Mm. And so they're getting so much exposure. A lot of people are out. So I'll be working in CT um, oh, next wow. week helping out. Yeah. Wow. Have you, have you worked CT before? I mean, yeah, I'm, I have a CT registry. I did it when I was younger and yeah. stuff. I just haven't done it for a long time now. But it'll be fine, like falling off a bike, right? <laughs> I don't think that's how the saying goes. Oh, that's not how exactly. it goes. Oh, my bad. I'm almost positive that's how the saying goes. I think that's <laughs> if it's that's not, it's bullshit. how it should be. That's yeah, it should, be. <laughs> it should definitely be that way. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, so, oh man, I had some scrambling uh, yesterday. Sorry, it took me until this afternoon to get you guys bourbon. I uh, no, it's all good, man. Sorry, <laughs> you're un- you're uncommitted to this project here, as I understand. It's right. Fine. So. I was, um, I was nothing to do yesterday. Just had, you know, paperwork. They call them RFPs, their request for proposals. So you fill out all these questionnaires and all this stuff to try to make your product sound good. And <laughs> that's all I had yesterday. And then stuff just kept popping up. And then we had to jump on a couple calls. And then I had a 4.30 meeting. And then it just uh, kept piling on. And then next thing I knew, the evening got away from me. I was like, okay. Cause we did that. I coached CrossFit at six and then we had that yeah. virtual happy hour at seven. And, um, how'd that go? It looked like you had like five or six. Um, uh, at the, the highest point, the usual Thursday crew. 
No, um, Tom and Vicky were on, and nice. um, uh, it was a few extras that don't normally come to the Thursday night thing, so it was kind of neat. It, um, AJ and Steph were on for a second. Uh, Michelle and Tabby came on for a minute. Um, Brad Watkins was on, and let's see who else. Um, Mark's son was on. Mark's son was that. on, yeah. He comes on Thursday every once in a while, so he's part yeah. of that crew. Sam and Faith were on. Um, you have to let me know. I didn't know that you were doing that. That's yeah, I keep forgetting Thursday. that you're on freaking Facebook. It's all good. It's all good. Or man. that you're not on Facebook. I should say. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I feel you. I feel you, Brett, because I've been on Facebook more since this happened because we have to to like communicate right. with everybody than I normally do. Normally, I'm like, stay the hell away from it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. I just, what a... Uh, what I had a so I don't know if you've seen those. Actually, I don't even know if you can see them, dude. Uh, I put out that survey just to see kind of what everybody wanted, and a couple people mentioned doing more socially type stuff. So it was you posted that thing about the happy hour, and I was like, nice, dude's like ahead of the game. Well, I'd been talking about it, and some of the people in the CrossFit classes that we've been doing on Zoom were, um, asking to do something not just workout related, and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. So. Um, and then Tyler was actually in my house, so I didn't know how people, would res- I didn't know how people would respond to that. So, um, but I, I've seen Tyler so many times and he's a hermit. He hasn't even gone out and done anything. So I feel decently safe with him being around. And then I can't, my son is a total jackass during this whole thing. He goes out and sees his girlfriend every day. And then, you know, I, I'm like. I try to be clear with them about, hey, you know, I have a compromised immune system, so I'd rather you not being out gallivanting around. And, um, you know, then I check and see where he's at. Oh, hey, I'm with my friends hammocking over at the school. I'm like, really? You son of a bitch. Are you kidding me? So, I don't know. I And he's like, well, you know, it's not going to be that bad for me if I get it. I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> Most likely, you're correct. However, that doesn't mean it's not going to be bad for me. <laughs> yeah. We have a 29-year-old uh, nurse that's ventilated right now. So yeah. oh. young, young people can get it, man. Oh, they I, can. Well, they can get it, and they can be asymptomatic, or they can be, you right. know, who knows. And, and the, the bad thing about this is it seems to not be discriminatory, and it, if you have something wrong with you, it'll find out. <laughs> Correct. And we know that Brylan's got something wrong. With yeah. <laughs> no, I'm worried more about me. We we do know I have something wrong with me. So, Oh, that's valid. That is but, valid. So before oh, we get too wait. far into this, we've got uh, four rows of single barrel. Um, I, I like to start with a pour and then we can kind of introduce each other. Uh, oh, great. That way we can Are you recording? Started. Yeah, I've been recording this whole time. I always record. Uh, oh, see, I'm so used to Zoom. I always record. Like seeing the Zoom thing. And I was like, he hasn't even started recording yet. What a rookie. No, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Not a rookie. I so, mean. So while I'm, while I'm introducing real quick the first bourbon that we're doing, mm-hmm. I wanted to show you guys something I did for work the other day. It was hilarious. And they had no idea that I was doing it. So just kind of watch my background. Oh. No, just keep watching. I know you're going to, you're going to walk in on yourself. Aren't yeah, you? that's exactly. <laughs> so we were sitting there and, and I used this as my background and, and I wasn't using the headphones, so it doesn't create the weird stuff, but right. then, but then watch here in the background. So, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone on my call just flipped out like what? what? <laughs> and so I had another call where I was on with some people from, uh, that were a little more fitnessy. So I, I did this one where I was just sitting in the background doing burpees the whole time. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's just looping. So you can't really tell that, you know. So just continuously me doing burpees. That's all it is. So. <laughs> that's awesome. And so this is, these are the little skills that are completely unnecessary for my life, but I wish I had and that I'm severely jealous that you have. Well, I, I just, all <sighs> I did was I, I stuck a tissue box right on my, mo- light at the edge of my monitor, flipped my monitor up and then took my camera and set it on there and recorded myself at what I thought would be almost the same a- angle. And, uh, and then I just cut it to a point where it would, uh, you know, keep going over and over with the burpees. I, I was off my mark by about that much. Like you can see me kind of, <laughs> there's like a little glitch. It's almost like when someone's robbing a bank and, uh, you know, they, they switch out the wires for the recording while they're in the, while they're in the uh, safe. So whatever. You just, you just equated yourself to bank robbers. I love it. Well, I have, I have the capabilities to potentially do it if I need to. That's all I'm going to say. Now, busting Noted. into a safe, I probably can't do that, but, but that's why there's a crew. It's not just one person. Everyone has that's their, true. everyone has their uh, specialties. So you're the tech guy. Yeah. It's, I always love uh, in what is it? Oh, Italian job with the the dude that got with the dogs. He's like, I had a bad experience. I always <laughs> I need <laughs> to watch I that think movie about again. the tech guy. I haven't so seen good. that in a while. Yeah. Oh, so good. So the All right, what are we doing first? first bourbon we're going to do is the one on your like vials. Yeah. Right, so poor small. <laughs> so the Which first one did you say first? Uh, SIB one for you guys. Okay. So that'll be that's my single barrel that I have. So this is a single barrel four roses and it's from warehouse number QN and it's barrel number 11 dash four V. So sounds so official. Yeah. So official. So while we're letting this kind of sit here, um, I have uh, Brett Bryan and I have Aaron Janetti on this uh, podcast today. So Brett, we'll let you kind of introduce yourself. What do you, uh, what all do you do? Was this about what you did, Brett? Or did you do the whole thing? Uh, I didn't do quite that much. <laughs> I can go a little more. I wasn't sure how heavy four to pour of these on these to get through. I, I'm asking, man. <laughs> I probably poured a quarter of what I put into your guys' vials into my oh, glass. Shit. Oh, well, I did about I, half of mine. That's yeah, fine. I went about. I went a little more than half. Hey. All right, good to know. We know so who this, the real. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> is this a uh, what I do for fun? What I do for work? How do we? I never know how to answer that question. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what do you uh, do? Let, let's start with what do you do for a living? How about that? For a living? Okay. Uh, I work in radiology, healthcare um, at Ohio State University. Um, I'm mainly working like intraoperative MRI. So while MRI, or some, I'm sorry, so like brain surgeries are going on and stuff, I'll do MRIs with it. Oh. Um, craniotomies to see how much of the tumor is taken out. Um, we do a thing for DBS placements inside of the brain, which is like a pacemaker inside of the brain. Um, we do some biopsies. Um, I do a research thing with, um, it's called focus ultrasound. I could talk forever about this. So shut me up. Oh no, me. no, man. This is cool stuff. I'm um, this. Think about a magnifying glass in the sun, right? How those all converge to a single point. We're doing that with ultrasound elements. So like a thousand twenty four ultrasound elements and those all converge to a single point and we in the brain. And so we're doing that for um, essential tremor, which is like Parkinson's, but a little different. We also do it for Parkinson's, and we have started doing some um, treatments for dementia as well. So wow. I do all of that stuff. Um, I do a lot of research imaging as well inside of the hospital. I'm kind of the main research person with all of that. Um, we're not doing any research right now because of all this COVID stuff. Um, but I do a lot for like um, NASH, which is like non-alcoholic um, cirrhosis of the liver. So I do a lot of that stuff. I do functional imaging, which is like a mapping of the brain. 
Um, like every time you do something, I, I'm like talking with my hands and all this shit. The part of my brain that controls that gets a little more blood. And so we can map that out for brain surgery because what's the point of taking out your tumor if you can't talk anymore or something like that, mm -hmm. right? So quality of life type things. Hmm. So do all of that. Um, I'm in charge of all the protocols at Ohio State. So I'm very, very, very involved with my work. It's been crazy lately because like I said, we're not doing any research. We're not doing any surgeries. Yeah. So my life is really different in that aspect. All just um, reactionary pretty, stuff right now type of thing. Well, yeah, it's, it's all precautionary, right? Because they don't want to do surgeries because they need those beds saved open for um, you know, these COVID patients. They right. want the respirators saved for the COVID patients and stuff as well. So we're all kind of getting redistributed throughout the hospital. And like I said, it's different. It's, I'm still going to work every day. So it hasn't changed for me like that. But in the sense that, you know, it's so different at work and getting off work and there's no one on the highway. Yeah. It's very so, strange. So uh, first off, thank you for being out there on the front lines and all this stuff. That's just, uh, can't even imagine what that's like for you guys uh, right now. But uh, secondly, what do you, what do you do for fun when you're not COVIDing? So I spend a ton of time at Endeavor. Um, it's kind of like a second home for me. I think I've been there for five and a half years now. Yeah. Coming up on I, six, something like that. Which I was going to say, I would have guessed longer. Yeah. At 2014, I came. Uh, I think November of 2014. So it's been a long time. Um, I love it there. I started doing BJJ, I don't know, like three years ago, three and a half years ago. And I've just fallen in love with that as well. So for so, those of you listening at home, BJJ is not a sexual thing. It's a Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Um, we don't do a lot of talk on the gym on this podcast, which, so this is cool. Um, people getting to hear about this. So I see you guys uh, visiting your bourbons here. So uh, let's kind of do a real I did. quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I saw you take a swig and I saw him just take a swig. So if you, if you put a glass of bourbon in front oh, of me, I can't not I've drink been it. Holding no. it in my hand this oh, whole time. If I'm not talking, I'm drinking. I was, yeah. I was getting the itch as well, but I was <laughs> rambling on. I'm just excited. You have a Glen Karen in your hand. That's awesome. So, mm. so I would, I would like to have one. I would like to know where my official bourbon well, hunters. This is a Kinsey Dram, and I will get you one of these. I should have dropped okay, you off one well, today. I didn't even think about that. Sorry. Nice. Yeah, that's because yeah, you don't love me, but it's fine. Well, I was scrambling. I was scrambling, and, and that was not <laughs> what I was thinking about. So, But you have a nice rocks glass. That looks good. So, Hey, man, this is a uh, collaboration. This is Kamiwaza, bro. Yeah, oh, nice. Kamiwaza guest. This is my, yeah. On the, like uh, that? This is our the, second out of the last day. three podcasts that's been kind of a collaboration podcast. There you go. So, there you go. If now the now if anybody could find where Drew and Drew Dillon fell off here, we could get a podcast going again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that uh, this this would be a good time for that kind of thing. I would think you guys can just zoom together and share some bourbon and talk and yeah. So talk we'll, about life. We'll talk about Kamiwaza in just a second. So uh, so Brett, um, let's talk real quick about this bourbon. But then I also want to kind of get a little background on just kind of your drinking. It okay. doesn't have to be bourbon specific, but just kind of what got you into, uh, and it looks like you enjoy bourbon nowadays because you- White Claw. Yeah. White, yeah, White Claws. Hey, white Claw. Nothing wrong with White Claw. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, I get uh, a little bit of vanilla and I think, um, I don't know, maybe brown sugar on this when I smell it. Um, I don't know if you guys get anything on that. I'm not super good at my nose if you, and you haven't, I know, but uh, if you listen to the podcast, that's one of the things I can't do. My wife is really good at nosing stuff. <coughs> she can pick things out. Um, I feel like my palate's getting a little bit better, but I also have allergies. So it's, uh, you know, it affects that, I think. 
Aren't you, aren't you a certified bourbon specialist? I am a bourbon steward. Yes. (laughs) But you do not have to be good at nosing or have a good palate to become a bourbon steward. It just means, you know, a decent amount about bourbon. So I, uh, yeah, I would, I would second the, that little bit of brown sugar on the end there. Yeah. And vanilla is definitely apparent. I get a vanilla as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I get vanilla and like caramel and brown sugar. I feel like those are my three dominant ones I almost get on most bourbons, I feel like. But um, so I haven't had mm. any yet, so I'm going to try to catch up to you guys. It sounds like Mav's having a good time in the background. Ooh, oh, good God. Yeah, he's he's on <laughs> he's on fire, man. I was building a, uh, a building a rollout pantry for next to the fridge. And like when I was building their mud kitchen the other day, like he was all attentive and what's this? And he's helpful today. He's just fucking throwing shit everywhere. And <laughs> I was not like, having I'm, it. I mean, I'm like, you're, yeah, yeah. The and one of those my kitchen was cool looking. I thought that was neat. Yeah. I it, that. that was good. It's all Kim's ideas. Kim has these cool ideas. And then she's like, can you build that? And I'm like, I got nothing else to do. I don't so. think any of us thought that it wasn't Kim's idea. Yeah, it's definitely. Just saying it was, it was yeah. just a cool, uh, it was a cool little thing out in your backyard. Doesn't it? Yeah, it turned out great. And that thing is bomb proof. Like you could hit that thing it with a car. Yeah, it looks be. Well, solid. <laughs> you had like, like uh, way over constructed, like way over constructed. <laughs> <laughs> you had like the six by six uh, beams or something well, for the for four the legs. by fours. Four by four. By four, four, yeah. by four? Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> My miter saw can only handle the four by four. Oh, okay. Six by six okay. would probably push the limits on it. <laughs> but yeah, that bad boy is like, it is sturdy. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, that thing looks really good. Um, I, I never had anything like all of my toys growing up. Like I had a big yard, which was awesome. So I was way into sports all the time. We were always playing something in the backyard, but I never had anything like that. Like those types of things yeah. where, you know, outside of just traditional toys, like a, a car or something like that, or transformers or whatever GI Joe's, I didn't have like those things to be creative with, like act like I'm, you know, making something or cooking something making or whatever. Mud soup. Yeah. Mud soup. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was actually thinking back uh, as I was building that. I was thinking of that, like, oh man, like growing up, like what kind of stuff did I have? And I was like, ah, I mean, my dad didn't build shit like that. Like, he, there was some other cool stuff we did at my dad's house, but uh, he never built cool shit like that. But we did have it. Brought me back to we did have a uh, like a tree house that had a sandbox underneath it, and I don't know if that came with the house we bought or whatever. But and then all of a sudden, my brain went like, well, fuck, like if I can build a mud kitchen, I can build a tree house, right? <laughs> like that's gotta be the same thing. And I was, and so I'm like Identical. looking at the trees in the backyard, like I'm going to build a tree house, but I'm going to build it for me and the kids. Yeah. Can, they want to. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen some of those tree houses that like celebrities oh. and stuff have built? Oh my gosh. They're, they're insane. Amazing. There's a whole, there's a whole television show about that, that company that builds like really eccentric <laughs> tree houses. It's fascinating to watch. Absolutely huh. fascinating. It's nuts. Way almost as exciting as bourbon hunters. Almost as exciting. Almost. <laughs> really, it's Very really close. close. Very yeah, close. tied tied for third easily. <laughs> right up there with Gray's Anatomy. <laughs> with Gray's Anatomy. Outstanding. Hey, Jeez. real quick, before we go any further, I gotta ask this because my my mother worked with dementia and Alzheimer's for a long time. Uh-huh. What what uh can you talk a little bit more about the like the little stuff you're doing with dementia? Like what yeah. level, what types, and what's going on with that? That like piqued my interest because yeah. I I actually worked my first job as a kid. I did a little bit of maintenance work around my mom's center as she ran an mm-hmm. Alzheimer's center, um, assisted living for Alzheimer's patients. And so like 
early childhood, like I grew up around that and like seeing how families interacted and, and what that did. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we're in the beginning stages of this. I do want to preface mm-hmm. with that. And so part of dementia that they've discovered is buildup of amyloid inside of your brain. Okay. You get these like clusters of amyloid and they'll do like a nuclear medicine study to detect that. And then that's kind of superimposed over an MRI. So we can find those exactly where they're at. And what they're doing is we're using low frequency to break apart the blood brain barrier. And then that's allowing part of that amyloid to be broken up. That's kind of Mm. the theory beyond this. So this is only stage one because all we're doing is breaking the blood brain barrier. Several drugs can't cross the blood brain barrier. And that's why it's hard to treat like brain tumors and things like that because the chemo can't cross the blood brain barrier. So if we can confirm that we're opening this blood brain barrier, which we are, then they can deliver special drugs that will help break up that amyloid and other things. So again, we are in the very beginning stages of this. Well, look that's at so the big cool. brain on Brett. <laughs> God, can, that's so cool though. I can talk about it forever. Like I said, no, this that's is cool stuff. what I, I do all day, stuff, every day. Honestly. Is it, um, I want to point out what's fascinating is like, cause we, we like the three of us know each other <clears throat> first and foremost, like predominantly as like dicking around at the gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, isn't it always fascinating when you get somebody to talk about like the thing they do for a profession that they're taken very seriously for that the tone in which you talk, <laughs> like, everything changes. Like you'll go from like, yeah, what the fuck like that? And they'd be like, well, let me tell you about the psychology <laughs> and trauma. You know what I mean? Like, because I did, I'm the same way. You start talking about like trauma and breath work yeah. and like active shooter. And I'm all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, it's like this and that and this. <laughs> and then it's like, you catch me off guard and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Let's be fair. That's true for you too. Oh, yeah. nothing changes for me. I'm always nah, a douchebag. So I don't know, I'm always man. joking around. Yeah. Like even when I'm selling stuff for like I'm always throwing jokes in and I'm reading my crowd when I'm when I'm selling stuff and I'm like I don't know, Brett, if you even know what I do, but um I do webcasting. Don't ask him, he'll talk I'm a sales <laughs> I'm a sales engineer web webcast for webcasting and stuff like that. I don't so, know if you okay. know. I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah. Well, I just figured it would level the playing field a little bit. Jeez. Um, so uh, tell me all about it. I, I want to hear all about no, it. I'm not telling you all about it, but I have to give demonstrations <laughs> all the time. And tell I always about try the to difference between on-prem and cloud. I want Brett to know everything I know. So a story that I always like to tell is one of the first times. And I think the first time I was ever a sales engineer and I was on a call I was super nervous. Like I didn't really know, you know, what was expected. I just knew I was supposed to demonstrate the product and all this. And, and then when we got on the call, it had just snowed like, I don't know, six or seven inches the night before. And everyone was talking about the weather. And, and so I'm sitting there on the call and and it's, you know, everyone's going around the horn, introducing themselves and, and, um, talking about the weather and it got to my turn (laughs) and I was just nervous as can be. And I, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, uh I'm from Ohio. Yeah, I got pounded by six inches last night. <laughs> I fucking knew you were gonna say that. Oh, that's and awesome. the whole call just went dead quiet. And then luckily the customer who was on the other end goes, Wow, well, your social life sounds much better than mine. And so it like immediately <laughs> broke the ice. Everyone started laughing for probably two or three minutes, and then they ended up buying from us. But then I realized, you know, okay, this isn't you know, serious stuff. I'm not over there, you know, figuring out stuff about dementia and Alzheimer's and, you know, mapping brains and stuff like that. I'm, I'm selling webcasting technology. So I never took myself too seriously after that. So, well, I think it's funny Uh, though, because if you look at the difference is there's a, there's a delivery and there's still a sales part of everything. Right. So like when we were driving down to Kentucky, when we went on our little, uh, Woodford and Buffalo run, 
and you were talking and laying out the logistics of what you do. He's going to get me in trouble with my job. No, (laughs) not, not that deep, but you like you were serious your tone changed there's a difference between still being able to joke while on the job which i am absolutely certain all three of us yeah sure yes that's just the way it is that's true and then there's like when when you're actually trying to educate somebody on what it is you do and you got to put on your serious hat for a second like (laughs) that's hold on let me me tell you you don't you don't know the difference between cloud and on-prem i'm like i don't even know the fuck on-prem is so yeah you're right (laughs) i don't know at all yeah that's new to me I got to educate you, bro. And by the way, I got really excited because I saw something the other day about uh, it was like Zoom security. They were talking about that whole that stuff. And it was something about like they use the term on prem. And I was like, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Dude I, educated me. <laughs> I forgot about that, actually. That's funny. <laughs> so uh, real quick, back into bourbon. Um the four rows of single barrel, they're traditional single barrels anyway, the ones you can generally buy that aren't store picks, that aren't specialty releases or whatever, are a recipe at four roses called OBSV. And basically the O just indicates um, that it was created by four roses distillery. Um, so almost all of them uh, start with an O. Uh, if it's uh, the, the E, if it's OE, then it's a different mash bill than an OB. The B, the second letter, is basically the mash bill. So the OBSVs, which is the single barrel, are 60% corn, uh, 35% rye, and then 5% malted barley. So just so you're aware. So all of the single barrels we'll be doing today will be an OBSV um, recipe. The S is basically just straight bourbon whiskey is all that means. And then the V is kind of uh, their yeast strain that gives you a little bit more of of a flavor profile. So the V is basically light fruitiness and light vanilla, caramel, and creamy. So we all got that vanilla and, you know, I, I didn't say anything about fruitiness or caramel, I guess, on this one, but we all got vanilla off of it. So you that's, said car- yeah. yeah, you brought up caramel. Well, caramel. I always, yeah, I fruity, always get fruity. Caramel. I don't know about that one. Yeah. I don't get a fruity note. I was going to say. Generally, if you're going to get, and this isn't always the case, but a lot of times with fruitiness, you're going to get that on a younger um, uh, bourbon that hasn't aged as long just because it just has a little bit of that, the way the alcohol, you know, hasn't been, uh, changed by the wood yet. Um, but, but you'll get that a lot of times on a, on a younger bourbon. It's not always young, but a lot of times that's, uh, where you'll get some of that fruitiness. But again, the, the yeast strain can play a part of that too. So um, I got an oak hint too. I don't know if you guys taste any oak at all. Um, yeah, I do. And I've, I've come to learn for me that the oaky, um, I usually get that a different way. So like what everyone says is oak, I almost get more like a leather almost to me. That's okay. that's kind of how I I don't know, in my my brain processes it, I guess. And I've I've after a while I've started figuring out for me when someone says oak and I taste leather that we're tasting the same thing. So hmm. but interesting. I've always Oaky been into leather, leather, so that's probably part of it. Sounds well, about right. So Aaron, <laughs> uh we've talked. So let's uh have we met? <laughs> so introduce yourself, Aaron Janetti. You have a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's <laughs> let's get at least started with one of them. I was gonna say the question is which one do you want? Uh my name is Aaron Janetti. Uh I am dude's business partner at Endeavor. And I've been I've been teaching self-defense and fitness strength conditioning uh shit for 12 years. So what is uh, Endeavor Defensive Fitness? We haven't really <laughs> talked about it too much. I mean, all right. We mention it all the time, but I've never given yeah. like the the spiel. The rundown. All mm. right. 
so Endeavor Defensive Fitness is our facility. It's it's the brick and mortar business in Hilliard, Ohio, and it's a training facility. It's a, a multimodality training facility. I usually tell people it's a one-stop shop for any uh, actually like pragmatic modern day strength conditioning and, and fighting. Uh, it's pretty much what it comes down to. The one thing I would say that I would add uh, with the structure that would like really round that out would be like an official Thai boxing program. However, we got everything else. So solid self-defense, weapons training, uh, amazing Brazilian jiu-jitsu program, yoga, CrossFit, um, endurance, uh, powerlifting programs, all that type of stuff. And then we're also attached to us as Project Lift. So then you have Olympic weightlifting as well. And then um, Don't forget about HitFit. Yeah, HitFit, fight conditioning, uh, shoot boxing, which is a total blast. Um, and, and we'll see that program go down the road. So it's a lot of different things. We also do individualized programming, um, you know, mentorship, things like that, um, for athletes, um, kind of building out. So that's, that's what Endeavor Defense Fitness is when we talk about it. We've got about, with everything, including Project Lift, we have just shy of 11,000 square feet. Yeah. Um, pretty big facility. And yeah. yeah, it's, we got, we got it all, man. So what it's do you awesome. do? What do you do for fun outside of that? I know that is a lot of your fun outside of that. Well, I did. That is a huge chunk of my fun. God, thank God. I love what I do. Cause I, I do that full time. That's it. That's all I right. got. So if that place ever tanks, I'm fucked. Uh, <laughs> well, you've got which, a couple other why, things going on. You've got yeah, some well, private, you know, still, uh, clients, but then you also have, uh, what, so you wrote a book. What, what was the book you wrote? I did write a book. I did write a book. Uh, How to Survive an Active Killer, uh, your your role in the age of, or an honest look at your role in the age of mass violence. Um, so I travel around the US and I've, I've taught in a couple other countries as well, um, running seminars for civilian preparedness. So like actual hands-on training and what you would have to do in a, what we refer to as an unwarranted public mass violence situation. Um, so yeah, travel on, teach seminars for that, wrote a book. Um, I run a certification for self-defense coaches and gym owners around, uh, like setting goals, vision, connecting with students, and then actually running their business. Um, so I've been doing that, uh, for, uh, it started this year and then, uh, been chairman on the board for the Arnold classic, which was an interesting one this year. Yeah. We did a couple uh, of recordings down there. So people got to hear about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So that was our seventh, six year, seventh year. So six years officially on the board. That was our seventh event. Yeah. Um, and then what else? I don't know. I do some other shit. I got a, uh, I was the comedy was a podcast Drew, and I ran that for about a year. So we've got 50 episodes. And since you chose um, like the most ambiguous, not really ambiguous, but like uh, hard to figure out podcast name, spell that out for the audience so that they can <laughs> find it if they want to find it. <laughs> See, but that's the beauty of it. So it's Kami Waza, K-A-M-I-W-A-Z-A. And that's the beauty of it because I if know you Google Kami Waza, right. I get it. Right. But if you Google Kami Waza, there ain't nothing else out there. So when you Google Kami Waza, my fucking that's podcast is coming up. That they spell so how, did you get the, how did you get the name Kami Waza? Like, is there a background story with it? Or? Yeah. Uh, so actually, Kami Waza it. is something. Uh, yeah, right. It's just a <laughs> random. that no one can Drew, uh, claim. Drew and I just muttered some, some letters together. Uh, no, it was actually, um, so I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. If you, if you ever heard of Seth Godin, Seth Godin's a very, very well-known author. Um, he does a lot of marketing business relation type stuff. Um, really great guy. Anyway, he's used the term Kamiwaza in the past. Um, uh, and Kami is not Kami. As like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but K-A-M-I is Japanese for godlike, and then Waza is technique. And so Kamiwaza, technically, when they say it, it's the pursuit of godlike technique. So it's this constant striving to get better and better and better and better and better type thing. So that's why then the tagline for Kamiwaza was a little better each day. So we technically stole it uh, from some lessons that Seth Godin had put out and then used that term to go that way. Yeah, and what is it? It's someone that you read. It might be Godin. I think it's someone else, though, but it's like 1% better every day or something. Who says that? Uh, well, um, James Clear. I had to think about that for a James second. Clear. James yeah, Clear, yeah, that's, that's his big thing is, is yeah, 1%. If you're 1% better each day, then exponentially over time, you end up just crushing shit. Yeah. In the span of a year or so. So cool. Yeah, so that was kind of the mixture together. So we have 50 episodes floating around out there. I'm thinking about busting out like a mini series called Thriving in Isolation and, and it'd be all about just getting stuck at home and and do it as like a Kamiwaza production. But man, we'll let's see. look at your hair right now. Are you thriving? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, I am I am so excited. I am so excited to see how bad this gets. Yeah, your it's, beard's out of control, man. Oh, it's, it's like amazing. A- <laughs> well, and it, the best part is it gives them an excuse not to to get it cut Absolutely. and trimmed. See, like Absolutely. I have the problem that I do all mine myself. So yeah. I can't get shaggy because I've got the clippers and I keep it short enough that I can trim it and then I shave my head, you know, myself. So if it goes two days, I'm like, this nah, is, great. this is too beautiful. I pay somebody to do it. I don't trust myself with any of this stuff. Well, well, so to be fair, it's going to take another, it's going to take another five weeks probably until I get a barber. <laughs> when you <laughs> walk out of amazing. the barber shop, to be fair, yeah. I look as amazing. much as a Unabomber you look now, you actually look really good when you walk out of the barbershop. The Unabomber like did not have trimmed. this beard. <laughs> no, he would be jealous of that beard for sure. He would be jealous <laughs> of this beard. But what's really like, you can't tell it because like it's not really picking it up, but the gray is real strong. Like it's coming out. Are you like the gray? gray. Oh, dude, it's prominent. I noticed. I, like I'll the, have to look next time. There's a reason I keep the sides so short. It's because the sides are where like a lot of my gray is coming in. You keep it real short so you can't tell. That's but why I shave There's some crazy. I got like seven or eight like are these really just like gnarly ass gray hairs that like just do whatever they want and they just stick. Oh, it's great. Well, so oh, I used to have like full disclosure. I used to have a beard, right? Not anymore for healthcare. I had to get rid of it. Right. But yeah, I used to get a bunch of those grays down in oh, there yeah. and stuff. And, and I like going to the, yeah, I like going to the barber cause they can get that like fine line. Right. Yeah. And I can't ever do that at home. I, do I don't know how good, they do I it. I, I do. All right with it. I don't know. They bought that straight razor I'll and they, it. I don't know. They just do it uh, right. So good. So Dude, you never, you never looked better than when, than, uh, well, oh, shit. What was his name? The master shaver. Oh, we went and did uh, that yeah, yeah. and you had him clean shave it. That yeah. was the best you ever look. Don't act like yours looks good. <laughs> but I've left, I, I use, so before I went to him, I used to just let it get real grizzly around the mouth. He I did some it. stuff in here and then he trimmed it. And so I've kept what he did back then ever since. And I look at, so two things, I look at pictures before I started grooming it like this. And it and did what, look what really was it shaggy like before that. It was just kind of a hairy mess. I mean, it, there was no real what was it before, reason to it. What was it before your beard? Have oh, we, I had a soul have patch. Have we really? Yeah. <laughs> have we told everybody in the bourbon hunters community nah. about your soul patch? No. Nah. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> I feel like when you're bald with no face hair, you look like a pedophile. So I always had to have something on my face. So, okay. And a soul patch when you're bald makes you look like a pedophile that also paints pictures. So I have and a secondary hobby, <laughs> but so I was looking at I'm pictures. Sorry, right now for anybody that's bald and has a soul patch, I don't actually mean that. Yes, he but does. Optics matter. That's it all does. I'm saying. So 
I was looking at pictures and we were talking about grayness, man. I tell you what, like I look at pictures three years ago and the grayness in my beard was almost <coughs> non-existent. I had like three hairs. Yeah. And now I tell it, I'll tell Trina it's her fault, but uh, I think it was, it coincides more with when I bought into the gym, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's all, it's all coincidental. I think that uh, uh, I mean, we've had, we've had a couple of, uh, a couple times. of interesting business moments over yeah, the last couple of years. Sure. We're in the throngs of one at the moment. Oh gosh. And you know what? <laughs> to be honest, I will be I'm really surprised at how well people have responded to this. I mean oh, yeah. It's been people are adaptable, man. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Especially like the the first week is where a lot of the uncertainty was and panic was, yeah. and you could see that. But even in that first week, it it was it was a lot better than I imagine a lot of people thought it would be. But I mean, a week after that, I mean, everybody's the most They're fascinating thing I've had. Yeah, I've had conversations with a bunch of people about this. The most fascinating thing to me is watching the businesses adapt, like completely, like yeah. on a dime. One like, of my right, favorite shit. things I've seen. And just shoot this. Oh my God, it's amazing. So we have a local taco company in town called Condado's, and I'm sure they're probably more than just in Columbus, but I know those. And they started in Cleveland. Yeah, and I, I'm friends. I grew up with, I well, shouldn't say friends, of. I'm acquaintances with uh, the CFO of the company. And um, I follow him on Facebook and, and we stay in touch here and there, but it's more just anecdotally. But um, one of the things I thought that was really cool that they did so that they didn't have to lay off all their servers, they started doing delivery outside of like Grubhub and all those things. And they use their servers as delivery people so that they could stay employed. I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. Legit, yeah. man. Yeah. So it's legit. A little plug I've for Condado's uh, tacos. So uh, use them if you can. Yeah. And it's, uh, we, we ordered from a place called Choripan uh, on France just last night. It was like, let's just eat something local that shit was delicious first off and secondly the the guy running it was just, it's was super cool and it's the one thing about there being less like noise and the like the business owners having to kind of go to the front lines in their own businesses yeah because i've had a chance to talk with business owners that i would never it never you'd never see them yeah, i wouldn't have met the owner of chori pond yeah. last night picking up shit for takeout ever but he was like there it's all in there. Did you want anything extra? Is there anything in there? You know, and we're talking over a six foot table. Like right. we can't, you know, get it. Yeah. But it's just like, it's fascinating to watch like how businesses have adapted and how the people that maybe have kind of like faded into the shadows are like, Oh shit. And like, they're up into the front lines, actually talking to people again. It's, it's, there's a, there's a very heightened amount of like genuine nature in almost every conversation when you end up face to face. Yeah. Like, and I think the internet's still a fucking train wreck, sure, but it is like the face to face connection and video connection. Cause everybody's like, Oh, like I'm, you know, we're affected. You're affected. Everybody's affected. So everybody's kind of like, I don't know. It kind of like chopped everybody down a peg. Yeah. And, uh, it's but super it's, fascinating, but it's making people, I think very aware that they're trying to fight for their businesses right now. And they're also being, aware that that's going to require some FaceTime, some people seeing each other and, you know, talking and having those conversations. So yeah. real quick, I want to, I was going to say something here in a second, but, uh, before we do, let's, are you guys done with your little sample that you had? Yeah, I was, yeah, I, I was, am. Yeah. Okay. So I've been waiting for, half. I've been waiting for this exact moment so that I could drink something else. So yeah. this is your bottle, Aaron. And I just okay. looked at it and it is exactly the same bottle and, uh, it's exactly the same warehouse number and barrel number as mine. Oh, 
Well, then why don't we why don't we move on? Well, we can um, because if you want, and then and then, uh, and then we can come back and drink after we've done the other ones. We can individually go back to the one that to we whichever want. one we want. Yeah, yeah. I like so that. so let's jump ahead. I like then. that we're I like that we're buddies though. That we have <laughs> a bottle we from must, the same I barrel. You, I bet you we bought them on the same day just because we probably went shopping on the same day. We we both probably. know the schedules around town. So yeah, probably. Actually, I totally screwed that one up the other day. I walked into. Uh, um, Roberts road or no. Yeah. Roberts road the other day. It was like, Oh man, it's uh Wednesday. They have their shit out. And I got in, I was like, you got anything new? And the guy was like, no, it doesn't come until Thursday. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, the one on uh, cemetery used to be Wednesday and then they moved it to yes, Tuesday. So. I know. I, I went up. in on Tuesday and she basically yelled at me. <laughs> she goes, so, like, we're not open until we get all the pallets empty. I'm like, okay. I was just looking. I'll just <laughs> wait here. She's always so nice. Yeah. All right. So we're on a number three, right? Yeah. So it'll be your bottle. You don't have a three, Brett. So it's your bottle. Okay. So it's SIB three for me and Aaron, um, which is uh, Aaron and I. Aaron. Well, <laughs> well, it'd actually just be Aaron and me in that case. Aaron and me. Whatever. Uh, warehouse RN <laughs> and uh, barrel number 25-IQ or 1Q. I think it's IQ. And again, this will be this should be very similar, but it is going to be a little bit different potentially because it's a different barrel, and it's a, a different uh, warehouse number. So we had Q in. This is R in. So give you a chance to take a little sniffer of this one. And ooh, this one does smell a little different to me. I was gonna say it smells. It smells I, like almost. I get sweet. more. More vanilla. I have a, a lot more van- vanilla. Well, I hope yeah, so because I'm I love that. that. That's one of the reasons that I love Blanton's is that vanilla burst to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's hope that's the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's really like that, like right on the front. That yeah. vanilla is strong. Yeah, I like what's it. What's cool is we just had two of the same bourbons, technically, but it's, you know, they're both single barrel. So they're going to potentially be different, which in this case, it seems like they are. Um, yeah, this one, I, I do. I feel a lot more vanilla on this one. I almost feel like a dark fruit or something too, like a... And I don't get the oak that I had in the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me... It does, I, I get a little more fruit on there. I get actually like the... It's almost like a raisin or a plum or something like that to me. And it's... Yeah, you're right. It's slight. Yeah, but I don't. I'm still not getting nice. any fruitiness like they like they say you should with this uh, yeah, recipe. Not like potent by any means. It's like if you uh, if you if if Brett licked a raisin and then you licked Brett. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's it weren't about, for the COVID, I, I would I would definitely be down for trying that out and, and testing that, that theory. <clears throat> so, yeah, know. I mean, I don't know how much this has really helped or not, but but Trina and I, we generally we eat clean eats, which is a local owned. It's a franchise, but it's locally owned. And so we, we've been going there ordering more than we normally would. And then we've been making a habit to go out to eat. Um, not out to eat, but to order. order in it's against there. the rules. Yeah, to order in or whatever you want to call it. But like so far, we've we've been to Becca's, you know, donut shop. We've done High Bank. We've done uh, what's the one up on uh, Sawmill Road that's uh, 10 something. I don't know. It's the uh, it's the place up by. Uh, What's the restaurant out of the thousands out so of the thousands I'll, I'll and thousands on. of restaurants in oh, Columbus? Oh, it's one hundred one one hundred one BK. Oh yeah, beer, beer kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So went there. I've been trying to do local places. So we did that. We yeah. did Condados. We've done, uh, I mean, a ton of places so far just to try to make some sort of difference. I don't know if it does or it doesn't, but hopefully. No, I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause think about it. If you're, if you're thinking it's, I mean, it's like the voting argument, right? Like if you're thinking that and somebody else is thinking yeah, that eventually it, collectively eventually, it gets yeah. And, and so we, plus if you're sharing our Carfanias, that, uh, we, we got oh, Carfanias, uh, Italian so kitchen good. for, uh, Easter tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. So they, they did an Italian feast thing that you could buy. And, you know, normally we, we cook our own stuff for that kind of thing, but I was just like, you know, yeah, what? I'm smoking a ham tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Brett's doing something. What, what are you doing? S- yeah. I'm smoking a beef short ribs and a brisket boat. Oh, oh, so I got a, a pellet smoker back in October. I think it was a birthday present to myself. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I think I mm. smoke something every weekend. I'm serious. Oh, like between like a giant it. pork butt. Yeah. Um, those beef short ribs are one of my favorites now. So that's good. where, you know, what my birthday present like we, to myself was quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. My birthday present is going to be quarantined too in about two weeks. Jeez. So I feel you. <laughs> it's crazy. But ever since, ever since we moved back into the house and then finally got some things organized into the, uh, in the garage and I can actually get to my grill. Like we've only cooked burgers so far, but just like, this just having the grill again and yeah. like the charcoal, you know, like the lump good charcoal. And mm-hmm. I spent like, like, a, you know, like 40 minutes the other day cleaning it like, uh, and it was, oh man, I can't, I'm so excited. So for what I cook, I don't use charcoal. I use gas. I, and I know that's whatever I get it, but I don't do any, like I just do burgers and I do like some chicken breasts and stuff like that when I do grill out. Um, and I, it I taste better with, I know I get it. I, understand. Get, I mean, don't get me wrong. Delicious meat is delicious meat. True. But and fire on meat is fire on meat. But yeah. yes, the charcoal the and the way. and the smoking and stuff, I love it. I think I know that it tastes better. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I was the same way until Drew. I like I was I always had a gas grill for the longest time, and then Drew just like hardcore shamed me <laughs> for for See. quite a few months in a very very derogatory way <laughs> until I until and then back when we were all on that. Uh, were you there during that phase where we were all on that bidding site, the online auction site? Well, I know Tyler loves those oh. sites. Like he, Dude, there was a, oh. there was a phase where there was an unhealthy addiction between like probably about eight or nine households. And then we would like one up each other and it was like, blah, 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 whatever. but they had a, they had a uh, Coleman performer, which is like the charcoal grill that comes with the, like the countertop with it. And then it also had the uh, gas ignite. So like you wouldn't have to actually stoke the charcoals first. And, uh, it, you know, it's usually like a couple hundred bucks and I got it for like $43. And when I got it, it's cause it's usually scratch and dent shit or like return stuff. And when I got it, it was missing like two pieces. It wasn't anything huge. It was like the one that held the lid. So like the frame that held the lid and then maybe a, like one of the small wheels. And I called Weber and was like, Hey, you know, I got this thing. I did get it secondhand. However, it's missing this and this. And they sent me like, 20 pieces I didn't even need and a bunch of other shit like to completely redo the thing for free. They were like, oh yeah, we'll send you an entire fix-up kit for the performer. And I was like, oh, and they sent it over. It was great. Oh, yeah. I love when, Clean that when thing they do up. that stuff. Oh, it's amazing. So that's the only reason I have it. But I also bought like, I bought like a hammock. I bought a dog house. I bought, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, I was an unhealthy obsession. Like it, oh, God, it was like, it was like, I feel like this is what gamblers felt like, but <laughs> 
You know what, what I mean? Like I never got in. Or yeah, when you win, like, the, when well, you win the bid. No, you had to go. Yeah, you had to go win, and then you had to go pick it up. And it's like grungy oh, in the warehouse. Now, were you like, at the one that's over like uh, on the east side of town, off Bryce Road? Creek, or uh, yeah, off uh, off. It was off Alum, uh, over by where when Columbus Weightlifting moved in with such and such. Oh or whatever, yeah, like eleven down that something way. or other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, because the one I went with with Tyler, we we went to one together, and it was off of Bryce Road. So you know where Club Dance used to be, like north mm-hmm. of Bryce Road. This was south of Bryce Road, and it was in some yeah. abandoned like, um, I don't know, it was yeah. like a it was like a, an exactly old shopping center, you know, and it was in a big, huge like, I want to say hills, but you guys probably never heard of hills before. But um, oh, I've heard of hills. We had a hills, okay, or Gabriel Brothers, like a big old warehouse oh, Gabe, style yeah. type place. And yeah. you walk in, and it's just mountain. It, it felt almost like smaller scale. It almost felt like idiocracy when they walk into Costco, and it's just like mountains of stuff. Yeah, I don't. If you haven't seen the movie, no big deal. But uh, but like it just it was just mountains of just cruddy stuff that like you had to sort through and find your stuff, and then take. So like you you bid it, you win it, but then it's just sitting in a pile of stuff like yeah. in different sectors inside of the store. You go grab it, put it on your cart, and then you grab anything else that you might have gotten, and then you go check out with it. It's it's crazy. It's amazing. No, like, <laughs> here's the thing. There was some here's cool the stuff there. Here's the, they would trick, not trick you. They would trick you. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. They would trick you. <laughs> and that's because like the, when you were bidding on it, it would show you like the assembled picture, oh, right? Like the oh, marketing sure. picture, sure. the marketing picture. Yeah. But what, but what a lot of people didn't know was you can click on like, you have to click like through on two different things and then it'll show you like the, the picture actual, of the box. Yeah. And so like, so like you had to you see the you dents in the just, box or the just click on box. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there'd be a couple of them that were like, you just looked at it, looked like I got hit by a fucking truck and you were like, <laughs> no, like I'm not. And people are bidding like, you know, 80% retail on it. And you're like, no, what I'm are not, you doing? You're not even yeah. put it together. Well, so I'd always got, had to go look for the good boxes, but I mean, we got like, we got a brand new, I mean, brand new, not open, unopened box, uh, like pack and play. This was back when, when Maverick was born. Um, we got, I mean, the doghouse I'm talking about was probably like, I don't know, four feet by three feet. And it was like hardwood cedar plank yeah. with like, it had actual, it had an actual roof, like, like shingles. Tiles, yeah, like shingles, shingles or whatever. Yeah. It was great. Like I got, I brought it home and Kim was like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, it's a really nice dog house. And she's like, I'm pretty sure neither of the dog's going to like it. I was like, it's a gorgeous dog house. I'm, I'm going to use it. They never used it. Well, you it just get great. them used to their bed and then you put the bed inside the dog house. Maybe that'll, yeah, maybe. it didn't work. No, okay. you, you know, my dogs. Come That's on true. That's true. Coach went, doesn't like to be outside in the heat and Bailey is nervous around everything. She looked at that thing like it was like if she went in there, she was dead. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was there was I bought a lot of shit that I did not need and probably ended up just throwing away at some point in time. So but it felt good. Damn it. We have come to a nice point in the episode to take a quick break and mention our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Unicorn Nation Apparel, magical apparel for magical people. Check them out at www.unicornnationapparel.com. They make a lot of custom shirts for small groups, parties, teams, or whoever needs shirts. They can do screen printing and vinyl pressing for athletic wear or outerwear. Check them out today. 
<laughs> so uh, would you guys both agree or, or what are your feelings on the single barrel we just did versus the first one? Which one do you like better? I I, I, I like them both a lot. Yeah. However, I like the front on this. Like it's like right the out of the one. gate. It's a really nice vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I, and it's interesting because I see a lot of people in threads talking about the different single barrels and, hey, don't do this warehouse. Do this warehouse. Don't do this whatever. Do this one. And I've always been like, I've had single barrels and I like them all. I've got a ton of them. I've got like four or five bottles up in my uh, cabinet. And I mean, I love the single barrels and I've never put them next to each other and tasted yeah. them because I always drink one, then I finish it and go to the next one. I don't same, have three same. open. Yeah. So this is kind of interesting. That's why I was kind of excited about trying this. It just happened that uh, we had the same recipe, so or same warehouse and barrel, which is crazy. So I think I have another one somewhere. I do too. I've got a few more, yeah. but that doesn't help us now, I guess. But uh, I should have asked that ahead of time. Right now, dude. Run <laughs> over here really quick. Yeah. Brett and I will keep talking. That'll Make be a good podcast right there. Yeah, we'll keep this going. You, you, you'll have no idea. You'll have to listen to your own podcast when you get back to see what it's about. That's fair enough. I like that. That could be interesting. Um, so I've got Small Batch Select next. Have either of you had Small Batch Select? It just made it into Ohio. I so, have not had it, no. Yeah, yeah, so this is good. this is one of my favorite Four Roses. Um, they have a single barrel that is uh, barrel proof, so that's kind of cool. Um, this is not what we've been having, but uh, I haven't had that yet. But the small batch select, when I was at Four Roses, I had a choice between one of the two. That's all I had left money-wise. We weren't planning on going to Four Roses, and then we're like, eh, let's just go to Four Roses. And uh, so I had enough for one left. And, uh, so I chose this one because I was just, I quickly looked on the internet and it looked like it got really good reviews. So, and I knew I had already had single barrel and it was just a foolproof version of it. So this is actually uh small batch select. What's cool about it is it's a, uh, it's a little bit, it's 104 proof instead of 100 proof. So it's a little bit uh, higher in alcohol content than what we've just been drinking, but it's also a blend of, uh, six different, uh, says small batch select is a mingling of six and seven year old bourbons. Um, and it, it actually combines, uh, let's see. It says I selected three of our four or of our proprietary yeast strains, V K and F, um, and used both of the mash bills at the same time, but there's six, um, mingled bourbons in here basically is what they've done. Um, so if you look at their, if you look at their, um, mash bills they have two mash bills they have an e mash bill and a b mash bill they use both of them and then they also use uh let's see six and seven year old bourbon so it's a little bit you you might get a little bit more oak on this so uh, i'm gonna pour mine in uh give you a chance to kind of uh nose it if you will Ooh, that noise that was a good that was a good pop did you hear it that was a that was good that was sexy so tyler i did not know this made it into ohio and Tyler actually went and got me a bottle of this uh, just the other day. So I, I'm I'm running low. So I've got a backup sitting in the cabinet now. So I'm excited. Ooh. So take a nose on this. Tell me what you think. Okay. So I made a mistake. And <laughs> I was trying to rinse my glass out. And I totally forgot that the can of water that I have in front of me is strawberry flavored. <laughs> So I like I went to like sniff and was like strawberry is interesting. interesting. Very fruity. <laughs> Very fruity on the nose. Yeah, I, that's fine. I got a little bit of that. It's it's my select has a little bit of water loose strawberry. Hopefully I can bury that down. 
So uh, one of the things that's funny is Tyler consistently will be sitting here, and I've done this to him every time, but yet he continues to make the same mistake. So we'll be we'll be doing our podcast, and he'll be like, "Hey, hey, hey, I've got a story for you off the record." I'm like. <laughs> And so he tells me the story. That's how this works. That's and how I'm like, yeah, work. it's recording, man. If it's good, I'm leaving it in because that just makes our, our shows better. Um, so he proceeds to tell me some story about him and uh, Jillian about to have sex. And he's like, they're stripped down to nothing. And they're getting ready to pull the blankets off, or the, uh, yeah, the blankets off the bed. And she looks What's at him that? and says, you didn't even notice that I fluffed the pillows today. And so he gets like irritated and pissed off and basically they start arguing a little bit and then he tells her he doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> that's some dumb shit, right? That's what I said. If I, that's if some I, dumb shit. like if I ever did that to Trina when she was ready to go, we wouldn't have sex for a year and it'd be her doing not mine. Well, not only that, but let's be real. Tyler just was batting way out of his league. Well, and he should be, he listen. should be praising the gods every time (laughs) (laughs) he's he's either done a number on her she's hypnotized something because he has outkicked his coverage yeah stockholm syndrome might be (laughs) we might need to look into that uh but he's definitely outkicked his coverage for sure and he's done it twice like his last two serious girlfriends well hey but jillian's smart there's got to be something that there's got to be something that that we're missing i don't know what it is but yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he does wear a size like 14 shoe. So maybe that's it. Maybe well, she has a, maybe she has a fetish and she actually the other way. She likes them super small. <laughs> that could be. Yeah. She was traumatized as a kid. She I fell on so like a flag, a flagpole and decided. Oh, geez. I don't know. I, that might get edited out. We'll see. <laughs> it won't. I'm going to need you to cover all of our asses if you edit any of this out. <laughs> it won't get edited. Yeah, right. So, and, which is um, interesting. You you had the same issue with Kamiwaza because you guys drink bourbon while you're, or something while you're recording. Well, no, what we, so what we would do was, and this was great, and it's, I still have, it's the best record, it's the best audio ever. But we, so we recorded on Sundays, right? And, it, you know, it's like the end of the week and it would be like a decompression, you know, Drew and I are so tight. Like it would just be like, you know, the whole week is on you. And it's like, I got this two hours. To just, right. So we would always, when we would get into the studio, I would just hit record, but we would just talk. Like we wouldn't even be talking into the mics. We would just talk and some of the best shit. And he would just religiously Every time like, before we go ahead, he'd be like, you know, you can't post any of that, right? <laughs> and I'd be like, because he would go like, he would go off on something or somebody and just be like, you know, you can't post that, right? And I'd be like, I know, but, but uh, it's recorded and I will keep <laughs> these recordings because they are just amazing. That's funny. Oh, man. There's been some days because I don't know if you've seen Drew go off. Like, I've get heard mad. him go off one time in person it's and then a- I've heard him kind of go off on your show one time. <clears throat> Oh, it's incredible. He gets, oh, I've like, never heard him. Yeah. He goes a hundred miles an hour and he's just like, and I just don't, what the fuck? And, and he's, and it's just like, and I'm just like, it's this pretty is funny. so good. And then there's like one or two, like there's definitely some times where I was the same. Like I walked in one day and I was like, fuck like this, 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 this. And he was like, you know, and he's sitting there on the other end, like, like just smiling <laughs> and listening. And I'm like, yeah, we're definitely not posting any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, oh, man. so minus, yes. minus strawberry, what do you get on this one? Uh, so it's a little, uh, I got to do it again. 
Um, I get uh, bourbon, and <laughs> I'm getting that <laughs> as well with, with a hint of whiskey and possibly a barrel. Um, I get more fruitiness on this one. Actually, I do get a little bit of fruitiness. So if you hold it up, this is one of the things I've always learned now that, and and I love it because if you if you sniff right into a Glencairn or into a glass, a lot of times with this versus say wine, much you know higher alcohol content, so you'll kind of burn your your nose a little bit. So if you hold it up to your nose, tilt it, and then actually breathe through your mouth, you'll kind of get a little bit more of a subtler. Is that right? Subtler, oh. more subtle, a subtle, subtle. Yeah. more subtle. Thank you. So a, a more did subtle. You, hold on. Did you see? Did you hear his tone though? Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was derogatory, just, wasn't it? He just no. He adulted you. He, he that was an adult tone. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like it's more subtle. It's not. Yeah, that's that wasn't a funny. Yeah, that wasn't a funny. You got adulted. Remember yeah. that tone thing we talked about earlier? Don't what worry. He, what he doesn't realize is he I do that all the time. He does it to me all the time. Yeah, and I do that I, all the time yeah. on purpose. Like, I'll say it <laughs> oh, wrong, yeah. subtler, you know, and then I'm like, more subtle. And then that yeah. wasn't. I correct everyone at work on their grammar. I'm like, As you, you are an adult. You need to speak like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. If uh, There's like two roles in the household that like Kim has completely changed when it comes to me. And one is like paying attention to your words and grammar, like the actual structure of your words, huge, right? And then the other one is just like, even even like base level manners at the dinner table. Like I was like, I don't like back in the day, I was like elbows on the table, like over oh. a plate. And like at some point, once she got comfortable, she was just like, yeah, motherfucker, that's got to stop. And I was like, oh, sorry. My son has the, the worst table. table manners in the world. And I try to, oh. so he holds his, you know, spoon and fork like this. And he eats oh, like barbarian. he just got out of prison. And I'm just like, what, what are you doing? Hold it like a, a normal person, you psychopath. And I just don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I, now, if, I, psychopath is when you hold it that way, but backwards. Oh, so like if he was holding it like this and scooping <laughs> it, that's a psychopath. Ready to stab it anytime. Yeah, this is just he, we need to look into him. He's yeah. probably <laughs> yeah, he's he's probably not going to college. <laughs> it's it's fifty fifty at this moment. So uh, he's gonna go to, to uh, I don't know. I was I was trying to think. He's gonna end up at like Appalachian State or something. Yeah, something. Whatever. And then he'll beat Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> and their reign as a powerhouse of football. So they have not Gosh, been, what was uh, that? That was what? It's been like 10 years nine? ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's nine, it's 10. Yeah. I think I lived on Lane Avenue during that. Yeah. they. Uh, I'm afraid we won't have a football season this year. Yeah. For real. They're talking about playing in front of empty stadiums. I'm just like. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear President Drake's announcement? Uh-uh. So President Drake said the 2020 football season will not be the same as the 2019 football season, but he can't promise anything. Yeah. So they're talking about playing in empty stadiums. They're talking about, you know, and then um, Gene Smith was like, well, if it's not safe for fans, why is it safe for the players? Yeah. He doesn't really want a season they're at all. high-end athletes, and they can yeah. get by through this stuff just fine. Well, Listen, I mean, here's so, the thing, and I don't know what you're feeling about all this is, but here's the thing in my opinion. <laughs> and I know you're in the health industry, so you probably have a completely different, in, you know, insight. I'm very biased, but yeah, I thought we were going sports. If we're going health, no. I'm, ex- I'm even oh, more yeah. 
So, yeah. so here's I'm the gonna, thing. I'm going to do this. Everything <laughs> I've been reading is about flattening the curve and all this. And then you get the dumbasses on, and this is probably why you're not on Facebook, who say, stay home, eradicate the virus. I'm like, you fucking idiots. You're not eradicating the virus by staying home. You're just flattening the curve and, and extending the time in which everyone gets it or gets exposed to it. So that if there's a vaccine or if there's some sort of better treatment in three or four months, we're better suited and better handled from a healthcare perspective to, to handle it. But everyone's going to come in contact with this at some point or another, for the most part, for the most part, there's the going most to be part, exceptions. I, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and it's, it's so strange. So I had COVID. I can, I can say that I don't mind, you know, I was tested at Ohio state. I tested positive, you know, for the COVID-19 virus, which is a SARS respiratory thing. Um, I was fine. I felt bad for one evening. I mean, like six hours, I had a fever and it was a mild fever at that 99.5. That's very, very mild fever. I had some body aches and chills took Tylenol. I was fine. The next day I was fine. Like I didn't even almost, I almost didn't get tested because my symptoms were so mild. And then, um, it came back positive and I was just in complete shock. So, you know, I think a lot of people have been exposed as well that don't realize they were exposed. And I know that they've got some antibody testing that's going to happen in the future. We've been informed, um, to see who's already built up antibodies to it that never even knew that they, you know, had came in contact with it. How do you feel about the potential, I guess, theory from some people, not everyone feels this way, that it's actually been here longer than we think, that that January case is not the first case. Oh, I think that's very plausible. Absolutely, that it's been here longer than we think. I mean, um, here's from if it did, in fact, originate from Wuhan, and it did, in fact, originate from those wet markets like they're talking about, mm-hmm. what, I, what I've been finding out, and, and I've read a, a decent amount about those, and I'm by no means an expert or anything like that, obviously, because um, I live in Hilliard, Ohio. But from what I understand, people have been flying out there, these rich people that are just, you know, eccentric, if you will, they just, they want to taste these weird, you know, meats and exotic meats and, you know, Joe exotic type weird fetish for food and stuff like that. (laughs) So exotic. So what I don't understand is if that's the case and there's a ton of just rich people going in and out of the Wuhan area or those wet markets or whatever. And that means they were probably flying out of there, going to whatever country they're from and going right back home and I can't imagine that, that that didn't spread a lot faster than we think it did. Yeah. I mean, who knows who patient zero was, right? Patient right. zero could have happened in you know, October of 2019. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, but I do think this has been around. It's just, you know, you say that, you know, two people infect four people, 16, and then it keeps doubling. And then you get to this point where we're at now and it just, it gets out of hand really quick. And like you said about flattening the curve, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. Right. And I get that and I understand that and I, I'm fine with it. But what I, what's irritating me is all the people online that are like, you know, stay inside, eradicate the virus. I'm like, you're not eradicating it when you're just avoiding it. Yeah. That's not what's happening. Well, look at influenza, right? We have influenza every year. People die from influenza every year. Um, and so it's kind of the same principle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to eradicate influenza, are we? Right. No. And and coronavirus is not this strain, but have been around for thousands of years. So Correct. it's not like this is it's just a novel strain because we've never seen it before. I mean it's it's a new mutation or whatever you want to call it of this of this older style virus. I mean And that's the thing with viruses, it could mutate right now and change. Right. You know? So I, I don't know. I, On I, an exciting note, yeah. <laughs> we're I seriously though, like we're 
the attention to it and the data that we're going to get from a disease like that that spread as fast as it did and made the impact that it did is all of that is going to lend itself to being able to map out, okay, the next time something like this were to happen, what are protocols? Like, think about how many times people have talked about pandemic and haven't had to run into it. And it's been a lot of theory and a lot of theory, especially in the general public. I imagine way deeper in the healthcare industry, the discussions are a lot more enlightened and the discussions are a lot more deep than what we see. However, finally, <clears throat> you're getting everyone else to go, oh, it's a thing. And maybe some of this shit that people are talking about is, is something we should actually start paying attention to. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's, again, like I'm only in control of the shit that I'm in control of. I love looking at the, you know, we come out of this, like the, the, the old normal is gone. People keep going like, when are we going to get back to normal? That shit's fucking gone. It's gone. Everybody, right. Everybody's priorities are shifted. The way we're going to approach everything is shifted. Like, except well, let, let's say 60% of the population will feel that way. Then you're going to get yeah. the 40% of the population that are the dumbass spring breakers that went down to Florida and did it anyway and brought it all back with them and all tested positive of COVID. I mean, you're going to have that group of the population too. And that's well, fine. Yeah, I mean, that's, what I'm that, saying is tons of different you can accept types, it. But, you can accept it or not. However, they can act like there's that things will quote unquote go back to normal. However, the job industries are completely shifting oh, yeah. and shuffling. Everyone I talk to says they're going to let people probably work from home a few days a week if they want to and, and shift. Oh, they're going to have to. Yeah. How do you, how do you send an entire workforce home and then they prove they can be productive at home and then you tell them they have to come back to an office? Probably I mean, that's a tough I bet, yeah. sell. And I mean, think about it. How many businesses now are going to come out the other end positive because the physical infrastructure that they would normally need to house an office at ABCD if they can lean that into some form of, yeah, you know what I mean? Like take out, I mean, and you're, I mean, you can't tell me that there's not Downsize businesses right now that are sitting yeah. there going like, this is great, man. Like our mm -hmm. lease ends in whatever, yeah. 10 months, we'll shut this yeah. down. We'll work remote. That's going to cut our expenses by 10%. Yeah. I mean, it's whether you want to believe it or not, things are going to change Everything's for sure. different. I completely yeah, agree. It's going to yeah. change. And We're the faster people get on board with that, the better everything's going to be. Yeah. And, and you're seeing that because the businesses that are pivoting very quickly uh, are finding themselves in a very incredible place. Like you look at on a large scale, you look at like Rogue Fitness, right? Like yeah. So stay in, in our industry where they're turning around and trying to figure out ways to you know help with ventilators and things like that. And they're making PPE stuff yeah. and all that type of stuff. And they're literally like dying to, to employ people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's a, so you're going to have this huge, and they're going to come out of this. Like, the fact that Governor DeWine dropped their name in like three meetings, and how many people mm -hmm. were like, who the fuck is Rogue Fitness? Yeah. Like, we, we think that's astronomically crazy because yeah. we're so obsessed with Right. Rogue we Fitness. know them and we hear them every day. Same thing's yeah, happening in the population. bourbon industry too, though. Like they're all yeah. they all shifted and pivoted, like you said. They're all still creating bourbon, but they all started mm -hmm. creating hand sanitizer. You know, yeah, a ton yeah, of them, almost all of them, like a high bank distillery. This is why I went yep. and, and bought from them the other day is they are making hand sanitizer every day with their stills and half of it they're donating to first responders. And so we were like, oh, shit, well, we're going to go down awesome. there and buy some of that. Now they're giving yeah. it to you in alcohol form. So if you want to turn it into an actual hand sanitizer, you have to, you know, combine it with the aloe and essential oils or whatever and make your own. But, I mean, you've got to... 
I think it's like a 90 proof or 85 proof or whatever, uh, or not proof, uh, percent alcohol, um, you know, hand sanitizer that's almost liquid form that says high bank distillery on it. And that's why we went and bought it. I was like, shit, yeah, I'll support that. You guys are doing awesome stuff. We'll go down and buy from you. So, and, and, and look at that. Like there's two, there's two things to that, right? Like think about this, like in the past, like, you know, previously, like the quote unquote tragedies were like wartime. How many big businesses Same, yeah. shifted and pivoted big, during wartime thing, yeah. and then created either a second leg of their business. Yeah. Right. Or just were like, fuck this, like this thing I used to make a lot of money doing, I'm making way more money doing this thing now. And I'm set up to do it and go that way. It's just fascinating. So no, it's going to be cool. Everybody is going to come changes. out of this better if they allow themselves to. And, the, and, and it's, you just have to look at that side of it. Like we're all going to be better because of this. We're, we're, we have more data. We have more wisdom. We fucked up more stuff in the last couple of weeks and learn from those mistakes. Oh, yeah. and That's the best way to learn. It's the best way to learn. Yeah. And I don't think enough people it's understand that. It's exciting to me. Yeah. I don't think we're living in history. That, though. Yeah. yeah. We are. We're living in history right now. Well, do yeah. you know anyone who has gone through this? No. And I don't I mean, either. And I mean, I don't think anyone alive has gone through this. I mean, even Spanish flu and stuff like that. Like That's over 100. That was 102 years ago, 19, right? That was 1918. Yeah, 18 is when it started coming out. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, so... Jim Lorimer was almost alive. Now, there was a person who, <laughs> uh, in Italy, they said, a uh, 102-year-old who got COVID, recovered, and, and, and uh, survived it. And yeah, they, you know why? Well, they think they think that she awesome. having access to the Spanish flu back in the day might have even helped build immunity and stuff like that. That I mean, that's it's a theory, obviously. Mm. Yeah, I know it's flu, <laughs> it, influenza versus a uh, right. Um, no, I know, but I, but it's just funny. They want to do antibody tests on her and stuff because she was right. 102 and survived COVID. She had a positive COVID test and survived. She's, Mother, but, but dude, she's an angry Italian. Lady. That's <laughs> all you need to know. That Isn't that half of their not, uh, population, and they are having a crazy mortality rate? Nah, so. but not, they're not all that angry. There's that's a separate that's a separate sector of the Italians. Yeah, it's all like right. uh, it's like when you think about Italians as like Jersey Shore, like very technically very small percentage. It's the ones that make us look really bad, and we hate them more than everybody else does. <laughs> but then there's like this separate sector, like. I guarantee you that that lady, if you really track it back, like she personally drugged Mussolini through the street. That's how, <laughs> that's the kind of woman that she is. Probably. Like she was the one who stood up and was like, let's drag that motherfucker through the streets and his wife. Like, let's get yeah, them both. And his wife. And they were like, damn, and that girl's going to survive COVID. anything. And she's like, yeah, 102, I survived COVID. Right? So it, it makes sense. What do you guys think of this? <laughs> I don't even know. Small what batch select. We're drinking the small batch select. select. This is the yeah. This is the small batch select that uh, it was good. I ran out. <laughs> I'm drinking more of Brett's. I went back to Brett's now. So did you finish your entire vial of the small batch select? Well, I mean, not the entire vial. Okay. <laughs> and are we calling this a vial? I don't know. Are sample sample jar vial. I don't know. I asked the research guy. Yeah. Shouldn't a vial be more? It's two ounces. Is that a vial? Is that too big for a vial? What is that? I think it's the shape. That's only two ounces, really. Yeah. Interesting. Well, if I fill it up all the way to the neck, it's probably like two and a half. I don't know. Yeah. That's well, what I mean, she said. <laughs> it always works. I've it never filled works. anything so, up to yeah. the neck. Aaron. <laughs> that's that. That is so true. Uh, actually, I don't know. And that's funny too, right? Because if you make a small dick joke to somebody, you're saying that you went out of your way to look at their dick. And that's awkward and invasive. 
is all I'm saying. I so. don't know, man. When Rob was owner of the gym, I felt like he would go out of his way to look at people's dicks. I think, yeah. It's valid. He went out of his way to wear tights so that you could see his. He wore the shortest shorts Which ever. I, I, but I Always. think that means nothing, though. Like at that, at that point, unless you have them excited, that's not telling you anything. <laughs> I mean, are we going back to the grower and shower thing? I mean, but that's, that's why there's a comment that says a phrase I'm a grower, not a shower, or I'm a whatever. I mean, I had a guy in, in college who uh, lived like two doors down from me. Did you measure his dick? He was a shower. <laughs> I don't know if he was a grower, but he was a shower and he made sure to wear extra like one size smaller shorts. So you would see that he was a shower and he got the nickname tripod. So we still to this day, he's still a friend of mine and he's called tripod Mm, and he even has embraced this. Of course, you're not going to not embrace the nickname tripod because for obvious reasons. (laughs) I, just, I don't. I think it's inaccurate, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, come on, guys. I just want to point out. Stuff. I want to point out the range of this podcast. <laughs> we have discussed di- like treating dementia, pandemics, and like the literal adaptation and change of the world to dick size. Like, <laughs> listen, and a little bourbon in there, a little bourbon in there. Li- just in listen. the middle. That's why just it's called bourbon hunters because you listen to the entire episode hunting for when they're going to talk about bourbon. hunting for the gems. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I, what I've, I had no idea on my, on my, uh, you know, what I was going to cover in these podcasts. And the more and more I've discovered that, people enjoy the stories more than they do the discussion about the bourbon. They just want to hear, do you like the bourbon? But then, you know, the stories like the one with uh, Jillian and Tyler about the sex, that's been one of my most responded to uh, podcasts. And I've had people actually text me who are friends that are like, Oh my God, this episode is hilarious. (laughs) Now I can't wait till Tuesday because that episode is going to be even better. That's with Buckhorn podcast. That one comes out on Tuesday. Those guys are oh, I love well, especially Randy. Randy's Randy yeah. is just off the charts, yeah, man. He's funny. Like Brandon is, it, like I feel like Brandon tries to stay a little serious, like tries to stay a little on target. That all goes out the window Brandon, in our episode. Yeah. It's, it's an hour and a half long, and I'm sitting there like, oh my god, when's this going to end? Because like it's <laughs> an hour and a half. But then I'm sitting there thinking, people are going to listen to this. People are going to keep yeah. listening. Because it is, oh, dude. it's hilarious. We had them on Kamiwaza and then Alm dropped in oh. and it was just like, it was pandemonium. Well, like, Tyler and Randy five are Five guys in a room just going crazy. Tyler oh. and Randy end up taking over the podcast. This is the most excited I've ever had Tyler be on the podcast because they're talking about food. And so Tyler <laughs> and Randy just, they're talking about candy and food and they're just going off oh. about it and it's just hilarious. And me and Brandon are just like, this thing just got taken over. <laughs> Like these two guys are just going nuts about food right now. And they're talking, they're arguing about the best ice cream pops. And, you know, it it was, it was hilarious. It was, it's pretty funny. So. All right. So here, let's do this. What's the first bourbon you ever had? Yeah. So that was going to be my, my thing with bread. We never got back to it. But uh, so for me. Have you told this story on the podcast? Uh, kind of, not exactly. I, I segue so many times that I'll start to tell the story and then I don't think I ever get through it. But so bourbon wise, keep it two, short. No one really yeah, cares. Right. Okay. <laughs> two people got me into bourbon. You and Sam Shaw, Shaw, Sam Shaw, Sam okay, Shaw. So Faith Sham. Sam, Sam. Yeah, Faith Sam. Right. Sham. He's a Sham. Faith oh, that was Sham. the other. Sam Shaw was on the uh, Happy Hour last night too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was on there. Um, yeah, 
but anyway, so Sam Shaw and you are the ones who probably got me into bourbon, or at least interested in getting into bourbon. And uh, so I don't remember what my first bourbon was. Probably Jim Beam back in college. Uh, it has to be that Jack Daniels. I know is not technically a bourbon, or at least some people argue it's it Kentucky is. Kentucky or Tennessee, Tennessee whiskey. whiskey. Tennessee. But it's made with the exact same mash bill, and you know, to be a bourbon. But then they do a, like a maple charcoal filter at the end, so that kind of they say cheats. Yeah. So um, it's funny you mentioned the whole like so Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, because I went to school in Kentucky, yeah. right? And I don't mean to like take over and no, shut no, you down, go. but do it. But no, it's my turn do. now. It's not yeah. his, his. He's not that exciting. I like now. you better. So how I got into bourbon was in college. I went to school in Kentucky, in Eastern Kentucky, at Moorhead State University. Um, it's a, a very cool, rural that's place. A great name, Moorhead. It, it, so. You would go on spring break and I would have a hat that said just Moorhead, Moorhead on it. Yep. No, and I, people I know. thought it was one of those like Joe Cats or some shit. Or the like, oh, we're South Carolina Cox. Like Cox. Yeah, right. That's right. when those, those yep. hats no, they were have the best shirt. They have the best yeah. hats. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, where'd you get that hat? And I was like, the bookstore. Like <laughs> people didn't think it was a real school. Yeah. Um, but that was the big thing. I remember. So I was in a fraternity, whatever. We won't go into that. Um, but I remember someone bringing a bottle of Jack Daniels to a party and they were like, get it the fuck out of here. They took that shit oh, so serious absolutely. because you could only drink Kentucky yeah. bourbon. Yeah. And so and that's, it. that's how I got into bourbon. And I would say, like, I don't really count Jim Beam because I'm sure I had that first, but it was just because it was there, right? Yeah. And um, one of our alumni had came in and he had some Maker's Mark. And oh. that was the first bourbon that I ever had was Maker's. And that's a and good entry the, bourbon because yeah. it's, a, it's a weeded bourbon. So a lot of times it's a little bit smoother or sweeter, if you want to call it balanced or whatever. A lot of people get into Maker's Mark as their first entry bourbon because of that. It's an easy to drink bourbon, and and that was definitely my first entry. And I mean, I always had a bottles of Maker's in the mm -hmm. in the cabinet. You oh, know what I mean? Few, and it was yeah. just my go to my go to bourbon. And then um, I just started exploring more and learning more, and just you know my palate just kept advancing. And you know, with this smoker that I'm doing, I love smoked meats and bourbon. I don't know what yeah. it is, no, but good. there's something about combo. smoked combo. meats and bourbon that are delicious. It's like legacy. Even if we get our legacy oh, to go. Yeah. If we don't, then I come home immediately and I'll have a bourbon. Because I, there, you're right. There's something about that. So good. Yeah. Well, it's smoked. Mm -hmm. It's charred on charred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It must be. Oh, so complimentary, good. maybe. All right. So finish. What? So Jim Beam doesn't count in college. So you yeah. got put on to bourbon. Yeah. Oh. Well, I was in. I was actually. Brett already said that he was in college. <laughs> yeah. No, he was in college in Kentucky. He's a bourbon connoisseur. We we've established all of this. <laughs> yeah. Because Moorhead is the basis of bourbon. Fair. So, you know, I don't know because I, I got away from alcohol. I had, uh, I have psoriatic arthritis and they put me on a, a pill called methotrexate. And that's basically, it, it can make your liver, I believe, swell up. So um, you, they tell you try not to drink alcohol on it. So there was like a seven or eight year period where I was on methotrexate, which was way longer than I should have been on it because it lost its efficacy a long time Mm. Uh, so I was up to like seven or eight pills a week. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and that pills used for a lot of things like leukemia, the morning after pill. Some it used to be, I don't think it is anymore, but it, like it, it's been used for a ton of things. Um, and, uh, they were using it for my psoriatic arthritis. And I, so I just didn't drink for seven or eight years. I came back into drinking. I'm a piss beer guy. I'm, and, and maybe I should revisit it now, but like, I don't like the craft beers and all that crap. Uh, but I now that like your I'm, pal be, your pal would be different now. Yeah, so yeah. I might enjoy it now. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, when I got it back into alcohol, I was piss beer. Like beer for me is you play softball, you do something outside, lawn work or you know yard work or whatever, and you're hot and sweaty and you hydrate. Yeah, so like piss beer, like Bud Light. I love that like so much. Yeah, 
hot outside. You've been sweating and dying. <laughs> Hydrate. Have a beer. <laughs> Get a beer. Have a beer. So, and then Fuck I got... I got into tequila, like, so silver tequila, I would do it as, like, shots, you know? Like, if I wanted to go out to the bars, me and my buddy Heath, uh, him him and his wife Sherry oh, joined yeah. our gym for a minute, and um, we would do tequila, and I I love Patron, like, silver Patron. It was, I would drink that all the time, and then you and Sam kind of got me interested in, in bourbon, because I was just like, well, I don't want to just drink a beer, it's kind of too filling, and I don't want to just do shots, so let me find something to sip on, and, and then that's kind of how I got to bourbon. I don't remember. I think it was probably Woodford Reserve Double Oak was probably my first one to really get back into it. That's a hefty start. And that's I a, always keep that. I've And so I've got a, a barrel select, a single barrel bourbon yeah. from Bourbon Enthusiast. I'll let you have a vial of that, uh, Aaron, because yeah. I know you love Double Oaked. Um, I do. I love Woodford. So I'll get you a, a bottle. It's really good. It's really good. So the the regular double oaked is always outstanding and it's consistent and I love it. But this this double oaked I have, it's a single barrel. It's outstanding. I'll get you a I'll get you a little uh, thing of that because I bought two bottles of it, knowing I'd like it. So, so, so um, good. Do you like the uh, old Forester nineteen ten then for the double uh, oaked? That's I, a good one. I like and that. Well, that's actually a finished. That's their only whiskey row series that's finished in another barrel. So it's finished. Um, so it's like a double, like you said, it's kind of like a double oak. Yeah. But it's, um, Do you know the story behind it? I, I don't know the story necessarily. You're about to learn. Yeah, You're about me. to learn. Tell me, yeah. <laughs> so what happened in 1910, they had a warehouse fire and they had all this bourbon that was ready to be bottled and they couldn't bottle it. And so they didn't know what to do with it. So they just put it in another barrel oh. and they got this double barrel and that's their 1910. Well, I got that for Aaron for uh, when I did the uh, bourbon trail with Tyler. I got a, yep. I came back with a bottle right. of nineteen ten for him. When I got it, you couldn't find it in Ohio. It was like it's hard to find. Yeah, and now and you know why? So they based their nineteen ten production off of their nineteen twenty purchasing I and love sales. Nineteen twenty. So so they made the amount of nineteen ten based off of their nineteen twenty sales the year before. Okay. And so. You can't just, oh, well, we need to make more 1910. Here we go. They had to actually take the six months or whatever they did in the second barrel, the, the finishing mm-hmm. barrel. And so they had a drought of 1910 because it sold through the roof um, wow. for like six months from the time when they originally released it, thinking, oh, we have plenty because last year 1920 sold this much and people bought the crap out of it and they were out everywhere. That's why you couldn't find it anywhere. And then they it took them another six months to then do another release of 1910. And now it's actually starting to, you know, populate the different stores and stuff. But that's why it was so hard to find. So they misjudged how many people were going to drink it or buy it. So it's a good problem to have. Yeah. No, right. that's a great problem to have. So we've been going for an hour and a half, um, and I'm getting texts from my wife about picking up dinner. So um, <laughs> that's, that's 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 fucked up. I know that's how all. I if you to listen to, to any of our podcasts, <laughs> that's pretty much how all of them end. Is hey, my wife's texting me. I need to I need to wrap this up. No, oh, no, dude, there's been there's been some podcasts we've done where like I'll be like, ah, oh, baby, I'll be home at like six thirty. Yeah. And like Drew and I are going, 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 and I'll be like, oh fuck, it's seven fifteen. <laughs> like, and I look at my phone, I'm like, I don't even want to look. Yeah, and me and Trina, like, so she'll plan around this. So she's she knew that I was doing this at five, and I told her it'd be about an hour. It's six thirty now, and uh, she was planning dinner around that. So I'm. What are I'm, you guys gonna eat? Uh, I think we're gonna get Hale's Ales. So this is a night. Right. Saturday nights and Sundays are generally our days to get like food out, so that we All can. Right. So I think we're gonna do Hale's Ales Brett, and what get uh, Stromboli. 
I might get some roosters. I don't know. Oh, I could get God, down with some roosters. wings. Ooh, My wife doesn't roosters. like roosters, and I really? love roosters. Oh, God, I, love so it. I used to hate it. I used to hate really? it. I've grown. I've grown to love it. Not hate it. I would say that you I like, never respect. You like their, I never respected uh, their wings. I liked a lot of the other shit. You that like I their did. boneless wings, don't you? Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was like the wings were like, eh, is the way that I thought about them. Yeah. They're still not. Let's be real. They're not the best wings in town, but they are pretty damn good. Yeah. But now I used to always get uh, like their Italian sub is really fucking good. And they got a couple other things that I would always hit. And then Drew got me on to donkey garlic. And, oh, and yeah. So that's a, you know, that's an actual flavor of theirs now. It's not a combo flavor anymore. Oh, nice. So that's they legit. actually good. have donkey garlic as a flavor on their menu. Shit's so bumping, man. It's everyone was asking for that combo. So, yeah. Hey, uh, you let me know when we're going to do the old overhauled episode off to. Yeah. You need to brush up on that story and uh, find out. David. So they, yeah, I'll find Dr. D. I found out some stuff about that. They've actually rebranded and redone their, their recipe. So it's supposedly so it's better. It's not rot gut anymore. Yeah, That's why. Yeah. So we'll have to, I get would into hope that. so. We'll have to get into that. Yeah, for sure. All right. This is fine. How do you sign off? What's your sign off? I haven't um, listened. To all well, generally what I like to do is that. give people the opportunity to tell us where, if you want, where you can find us on or where you can find your, you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I know that you don't Facebook. Can we Brett. make a Facebook account for Brett? <laughs> I have an Instagram account. <laughs> all right. What's your, <laughs> what's your Instagram? What's your Instagram? It's just my full name. It's Brett Paul Bryan. Brett B-R-E-T-T. Paul Bryan. B-A-U-L-B-R-Y-N. I sound like a serial killer. I know. B-R-Y-A-N. No, you yeah, sound like, like someone. You sound like an assassin. Three names. Like John Wayne Gacy or some yeah, shit. I know. Yeah. It sounds like a serial killer. I've only killed one. I'm not serial yet. So. Just yeah, and it was accidental. It was while you were yeah. doing your nursing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the Heavy angel push. of death Heavy yet. push. Yeah. Heavy push, yeah. <laughs> Awkward silence. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Aaron, where, yeah, where can totally. you uh, find you? There's many places, but what are the, uh, what primary, are the big ones? Prim- yeah, primarily. Uh, first and foremost, go follow Endeavor DCF on Instagram. Yes. Uh, that said, uh, you can find all my shenanigans primarily on Instagram, although I share all of it to Facebook. Uh, Instagram, it's Janetti Aaron. So J A N N E T T I A A R O N. You'll find all my shenanigans there. And there and all are my wood shenanigans shopping. to be had. And it's, there are shenanigans. I will to be say had. the one thing, and Brett, I don't see as much of your posting. You're not a big social media presence. I, I don't post a lot, no. But they're but, weird about it with work. And yeah, stuff, no, it's fine. So I I, and I get it. It's fine. You've got a serious job, dude. <laughs> to be honest, if I could. <laughs> You know, we have to embrace social media because of jamming yeah, and stuff like that. So, so we kind of have to. We get sucked into it. Uh, Aaron's Honor done a good first. job of of social media distancing. Huh? How do you like that? Yes, um, all day, but more way more than six feet. I'm right? at like twenty five feet by now with social media distancing. But yes, but your social media game is, I will say, very very positive, very cool. So follow Aaron Genetti on uh, on Instagram. Brett, you might get like a picture of his dog every once in a while. Yeah, I don't do <laughs> a lot of frisbee with golf it. or something yeah. like that. Well, that's but, so that's uh, what you need to do is you need to make an Instagram account for your dog. Yes, and, and then, then go nuts go on it. Uh, yeah. I should have Animal accounts, man. Yeah. Brett Brian's tons of likes. Brett Brian's dogs. That's your Instagram <laughs> username. And I then like it killer dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, so real quick, what would you guys how would you rate? I know that we had two different four rows of single barrel and then a four rows of small batch select. What would you I'm gonna say uh so SB three is my top, so Brett's I think I had so the best Brett's taste on single it. barrel, which like had the, the vanilla. I feel like I'm burst. winning. You, you yeah. are winning right you now. Did. Yeah, you yeah. won. 
Well, all that means is that dude and I have to come to your house and murder you and steal your, <laughs> and steal your bottle. Uh, or since you just bought yours, maybe go find the same barrel. In now, the store. I anyway. will say I went to his house today to get the vial filled up. He did just buy it, but it was about a th- eh, about a fourth of the way gone already. Yeah, Fair enough. it's delicious. I'm sorry. It it's, is. It's a good one. No, it is delicious. I completely agree. Yeah, I would go. I'd go single three, single one, or mix of ours, and then the SBS. But I will say this: all three of them, I would fucking drink till anytime till the sun comes. Yeah. I mean, it's so I love small batch so select. I love single. Barrel. I've been drinking the small batch select a lot lately. That was when you were like, "Do you have select?" And I was like, "Yes, I've been drinking that since ever since." Ashley I remember it was sitting on the that. it was sitting on the table in the in the office for for a minute. Yeah, and uh, Ashley and Andrew brought that uh, back for me from Kentucky a couple months nice. ago. Yeah. So yeah, what's interesting so is I've never had regular four four roses. Really? I've never had it. What yeah, they what good, they used to call one. the yellow label, which it's not yellow anymore, but I've never right. had it. Yeah. Do you know uh Brent? Schoonover? Yeah. Yeah. Brent is actually the first person that introduced me to four roses. He came out of uh Facebook retirement to to right? post something the on one of my posts. Shit. Did you see it? Yeah. Did no, see, I didn't oh. see your post, but he posted something really random on his own page. And I was like, oh my God, it's Brent. Yeah. Like but Brent, uh, Brent got me hooked on. Well, Brent introduced me to Elijah Craig and oh, I Elijah like Elijah Craig. Craig. I like I it. Too. Yeah. yeah. And Tom but McCash Buff- gave me an 18 year Elijah Craig, which yeah. was outstanding. And then, wow. and then, um, Tyler gave me a foolproof or a barrel proof or whatever. And then I've, I've got the regular Elijah Craig back there. Um, yeah. I, I like Elijah Craig too. Yeah. I, yeah and so we good. talked about this yesterday when we recorded, but um, there's not a lot of bourbon I don't like. There's only been maybe four or five that I've been like, ooh, gosh. And Did you try that Bib and Tucker yet? Yeah. Uh, me and Mo did an episode on it. I it's went and stole one. a little bit from you. And I, you know, your bottle is 001. Oh, that's cool. His was his was like one three seven or something like that. Yeah, there's a there's a website. I don't know if you know about it. You may, I don't know, but caskers.com. Yeah, caskers. They do uh, a lot of delivery yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I I stumbled upon. So I'm gonna make this very short because I know we're closing things up. I was introduced to bourbon by a guy named Andy Cohen at Ohio Crowd Maga back yeah. in the day. And it was Buffalo Trace. It's the first bottle. It was the first bourbon I ever had was Buffalo Trace. It's a good and so bourbon like talk about. Yeah, that's why I'm fucked. That's why anytime I see, <laughs> that's why I see any Buffalo Trace, I always buy a bottle, yeah. even if I already have seven bottles, which I have like nine now. Um, anyway, I got on Caskers and I didn't know anything about bourbon, and I was trying to buy people nice bottles of bourbon, and I wanted to experience it. And it was like this whole thing about how you, you know, like it was the first one of the first, you know, when they started getting out of Kentucky, where other people in other states could make, and were at least even reputable with bourbon. Yeah, and and Bib and Tucker was like their, it was like their hot off the print, like brand new, blah blah blah, whatever. And I was like, fuck yeah! And I like, I bought like seven random bottles of shit, and that was one of them. And it was yeah, that was forever ago. I've had that bottle it's, for. It's pretty spicy. That's the one thing it about is. it. But but now I think it if I would have tried it six months ago, I wouldn't have liked it. But I actually enjoyed it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, random question, and I swear I gotta let you go. I feel like a lot of the southern bourbons, at least the ones that came out maybe a couple of years ago, when they first started, were a lot more, a lot more mapley. Like I can see that maybe, yeah, as as like a baseline, like not like not like shitty Knob Creek maple. Sorry, Knob Creek. Oh god, that was terrible. <laughs> I have it up there. Yeah. And I've, I've poured it one time. Never yeah, it's got awful. It's, it's maybe well, for it's, a it's cocktail. Hot, it's, it's heavy maple. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's very super heavy related. maple. Yeah, mixer. Yeah, 
Yeah. But like, I feel like a lot of the Southern ones, like I had a couple from like the Carolinas, I had a couple from uh, Texas and they, I feel like there's more maple in them. Anyway, that's my yeah. random, but yes, that Bibb and Tucker is, that's an old bottle. Oh, he's in trouble. Answer it. Answer it. Tell <laughs> no. her I said, shut up. I'm just kidding. I'm lying. Because no, no. I got to go to dinner's right. going. Cool, man. No. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for joining me. Um, Love you guys. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate it. it. Thanks appreciate a lot, it. Brett. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Right. See you guys. See ya. Thank you for joining in for another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review at any of the sites where you're listening to the podcast. Also, find us on Instagram and Facebook. And when you do, join in to the conversations, post your pics of your daily drinkers, and then let us know how you feel about any of the pours that you're having. 